pastor asked me to share just a quick story, a quick version. I don't know how to share the quick version, but we'll do what we can uh, of our story. Again, uh, just in 2009, I was a worship pastor for 15 years. Uh, love, the, love the presence of God. That's, uh, I just think the presence of God is irresistible. I love it. I think lives are changed in it. Don't you agree with that? And so we did that, and uh, uh, my dad was actually pastor in the church that I took over, and uh, the church had gone through some, uh, some really tough times. Uh, church had had a church split, and the church was on the brink of, of closing its doors permanently. And uh, I was in South Florida at the time, and the Lord, just clear as day, called me and my wife to come and pastor that church. Uh, it wasn't on my five-year plan. Can I get a good amen? How many of you have noticed that God's plans are different than yours sometimes? And so uh, I just, uh, it was one of those moments where I knew, okay, if I don't do this, I know I'm being disobedient to what God wants me to do. And so me and my family and my three young kids, we moved from Florida to Longview, Texas in 2009. Uh, and we ended up with 75 people uh, that loved Jesus and uh, loved the church. Uh, but there were 75 people in a building they couldn't pay for. And uh, just really in the last several years, God's done an absolute miracle. Uh, you can't make this stuff up, and I don't have the time to share it all with you, but I just want to show, I just want to tell you, I've seen God do just amazing, amazing things when a group of people come together with one heart, with one vision, with a unity for the local church and for the gospel of Jesus Christ to be spread. God does amazing things. I know you know that, uh, but we've just seen God do incredible things. Gave us this building four years ago, last week that we're in, 70,000 square feet. Uh, we had, uh, you know, 4,000 plus at Easter this past weekend in just a few years. And so God, let's just give it up for what God's doing. So good. You know, really, Pastor mentioned that we're part of a same spiritual family. And, and, and I know you know Pastor Jacob and a lot of my brothers, Pastor Jeff, Pastor Steve Robinson and all those guys. And really, Pastor, in all of our churches, God's doing a move. God's doing a work. And it's a blessing to be a part of something bigger than ourselves, Right. And so, uh, yeah, that's a little bit about me, a little bit about my family. Uh, we had to get the England thing out of the way because I know some of you couldn't get past anything I was saying until you figured out what that accent was. So there it is. Thanks again for bringing me in. Uh, I want to speak to you tonight. Really, uh, if I had one shot, and I might only have one shot at our Savior's Jennings because he might not bring me back ever again. But anyway, if I had one shot, you can take this picture off if you would. If I had one opportunity to share with a local church what's my passion, what's my heartbeat, it would be that sentence that the local church is the hope of the world. Um, and I believe that the local church is, is uh, God's plan A. You and me, we're God's plan A. There is no plan B. You know, if this don't work, God's not coming up with something else. Okay, turn to the person next to you and say, it's you. <laughs> I mean, it's you. And I want to talk to you today about being planted. Everyone say planted planted in the house of God. How many of you know you can go to church or you can be the church? Yeah. And, I, and I know a little bit of, of your recent history with the storms and the impact that you guys have made in this area. And I know a lot of you understand what it means to actually be the church. But you know, the longer I'm in the church, the longer I'm with people, the more I realize that some people don't get this, that I'm here, that God has planted me here. God has placed me here. And so I want to start by reading three consecutive scriptures. I don't normally do this, but I think it just kind of sets a platform for what we're going to talk about for the next 30 minutes or so. I think you got some notes when you came in. You can follow along. Those scriptures are in there, and uh, they're going to be up here on the screen as well. We'll start with Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9, and it says this, Let us not become weary while doing good. 
Let us not become weary while doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if, everyone say if, if we don't give up. If we don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those that belong to the family of faith, the family of believers. I'm going to skip over to the book of Psalms. It's in your notes again on the screen. Psalm 68, verse 5, great verse. It says this, he's a father to the fatherless. He's a defender of widows. And it's God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in, say this word right here. He sets the lonely in families. He leads forth the prisoners with singing. I love that verse. Here's another one, Psalm 92. The righteous will flourish. Everyone say flourish. flourish. What does that mean? That means grow big, strong, and healthy, right? The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They'll grow like a cedar of Lebanon. So it talks about flourishing, talks about this picture of big, strong trees. And then it says, planted in the house of God, they'll flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in their old age. They'll stay fresh. They'll stay green. Can I get a good amen for staying fresh as you get old? Come on. Fresh and green. I love it. I love it. <laughs> amen. Come on. <laughs> I think the Bible teaches very clearly of this value of the spiritual family, the local church, and being not just an attendee, but being a, a contributor there, being a part of something that God's doing. And, and, and we, we live in a world that seems... So disconnected. Have you noticed that? So disconnected, so uprooted from anything that's solid, anything that's, that's the truth. And God's word tells us that he plants in us this longing to belong to something bigger than us. The thing that he set up, the local church for me and for you. In fact, if you were to look at the life of Jesus, that's who we're all here following, right? If there was ever anybody that could have been a solo act, it was Jesus, right? Jesus could have been his own thing. He could have been a lone oak out in a field like some of those trees we saw this afternoon past the with those big old oak trees. Jesus could have been that. He could have been his own thing and everybody would have just flocked to him. He could have done his own thing. But, but he, I mean, he was God. He didn't need any advice. Come on. Did he ever stop for directions? Were, hey, now, I wish, I wonder what's going to happen if I do that. I mean, come on. He's, he's, the, he's God in the flesh. What's interesting to me is he decided to do life in the context of family. He decided to do life in the context of, of not, not a lone oak in a field, but more like a grove. I used to live in South Florida, and flying in, I would see the orange groves. And if you've ever flown in over South Florida or anywhere like that, just seeing the row upon row upon row upon row of trees that are growing together, they're healthy, they're bearing fruit, right? They're cross-pollinating each other. And that's what Jesus built and modeled for us. And I'm so glad that he did. He pulled these guys in close and said, hey, you're not going to do your own thing. We're better together. Does anyone believe that? We're better together. Now, and I'm glad he made that decision. I'm glad he modeled that for me. And as I speak about decisions tonight, I think about the fact that I've not always made the best decisions. <laughs> Anybody join me in that? I mean, there's been times where I'm just like, man, I don't know why I did that. I don't know why I said that. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a work in progress. I'm not who I once was but I'm not yet who God wants me to be. Come on, we're all on a journey. We're all on a journey, every single one of us. But uh, there are several decisions, really, really three major ones that I think I made really, really well, 
really, really well. All three of these have impacted my life from day one. I want to talk to you about them, and I'm setting this up because this is how important this topic is in my life. The first one, you want to know what they are? First decision, first best decision that I ever made was saying yes to Jesus. Top of the line, top of the list, 1987, October 25th, I gave my life to Christ for myself. Now, maybe some of you, like me, you raised in church, you had a good church-going family, but how many of you know going to church doesn't make you a Christian? Any more than living in a hangar makes you an airplane, right? It's the truth. I had a moment where I experienced Jesus myself. I was at a youth camp, and let me just tell you something. That's why we as a family of churches, we put on incredible children's camps and youth camps. Anytime you hear your pastors talk about those, send your kids. Get your kid. Help another kid go. I mean, let me tell you, you never know what God's going to do in the life of a child. That's where God got my attention, was at a camp just like that. Never know it could be your son, your daughter, that'll be a follower of Jesus and help other people come to understand who Jesus is. Go to camps. Come on, somebody. So that's the best decision, the top of the line. Best decision I ever made was saying yes to Jesus. Everything in my life's been impacted by that one decision. Now, the second best decision... If you've got this next picture for me, guys, we're saying yes to this lady right here. Come on, somebody. God's been good to me. He has. He's been good. You know, some of you are like, you know, look at this lady. Yeah, I was in love with her before she was in love with me. It's the truth. Some of you are like, I can see why. <laughs> I can see why. She was, uh, she, was, she was kind of in like with me. You know what I mean? And I was in love with her. And let me just tell you, if you're dating right now or you're in the dating mode of life, you don't want to go with, I love you, babe, and get back a, <laughs> I, I like you too. <laughs> you, know, you, you don't want that. It's a bad day. And that's kind of how our relationships, I knew, I knew Pastor Bubba 10 days in I was going to marry this girl. And I told her. I did. I told her, bless her heart. Come on, somebody. Man, I told her. I told her. But anyway, it was, it, was, it was awesome. And so much of God's plan for your life and God's destiny for your life is tied up with who you decide to hook up with in a covenant relationship with marriage. Right? And so, anyway, you can take that picture off if you would. Thank you so much. It would be distracting for me if you could leave it up. You know, she finally saw the light. She did. The angel of the Lord showed up one night in her bedroom. She got down on her knees and she said, Lord, show me. What do I need to do to be this man's wife? And hey, the rest of his history. Come on, we got three kids. And anyway, awesome. Second best decision in my life was next to Jesus was saying yes to her. Okay. Now the third one. That's how important this is to me in my life. And I think it should be this important to you. Third one was the day I said yes to the local church. I'm not talking about getting saved. I'm not talking about being a Christian. I'm talking about saying it's not about me. It's not about my agenda. It's about what God's doing in and through the local church. I'm not trying to build my own thing. I want to build what God is building. It's changed everything in my life. I'm telling you, it's that important. It's changed everything. You know, as I grew up in church, as I attended church and first Wednesdays and things like that, growing up and as a young man in the church, I quickly realized that unless I add value to it, I'll never grow. I'll never grow. If I stayed, everyone say stayed. Stayed. If I stayed sitting on the chairs and, and watching like a spectator sport, that I would never personally grow. 
If I didn't become planted in the house of God, unless I committed myself to the principles that my pastors were teaching me, unless I committed myself to godly relationships, godly friendships, unless I planted myself and added value to what God was building, I would never grow. And what's interesting is I look back over the 27, 28 years now of me following Jesus and being involved in the house of God and what God's building, the difference that's happened in my life because of it, it's over the top. It's over the top. That quick story that I just shared with you, my life is filled with God moments like that. Filled with moments of of somebody having some faith, my parents, me, my family having some faith, and then watching God go, I can work with that. I can work with that. How many of you know God only needs a little bit of your faith? He only needs a little bit. Well, I don't have big faith like that. That's a good job. You don't have big faith like that because it just only takes faith like a mustard seed for God to show up and show out. You know, if it was about you, it would be a problem, right? It's not about us. It's about him. It's about him. And again, tonight, talking about spiritual family and being planted and rooted in this house here, our Savior's church. Have you ever thought, what difference could I make here? Well, you know, Pastor Josh has got it going on, and Pastor Bubba, and they're doing their thing, and I'd like to worship, and I like. What about what value could you add to it? Rather than just sitting on chairs all the time, rather than just being a consumer. And I know many of you, you've, you've got this, but some of you tonight, I think this is going to be a word for you. Because we're not called to sit on benches. We're not called to be spectators. We're called to get in the game. We're called to get on the field, off the bench, on the field. Let's push the ball down the field together. That's worth an applause. Come on, you can do it. You can do it. Your life, some of you tonight, you're even questioning, you know, I wish, I wish there was more of that in my life. I wish there was more of God in my life. I wish there was moments like that in my life. Let me tell you something. Move. Get off the bench. Do something. Watch God move as your feet start to move. As your feet start, so many times we sit waiting for God to do something. I wonder if God's looking at us go, then move. Start walking. The Bible says, I'll give you light for your next step. Your next step. If you're sitting down, how do you take a next step? How do you take a I might start preaching if you're not careful. <laughs> Y'all better look out. Y'all better look out. Maybe tonight you're here, you know, you've seen the signs and you've seen it on Facebook or the internet. First Wednesday, I'll go check. Maybe you've been visiting for some time. Let me tell you something. Get plugged in here. Get plugged in here. This church has a vision. This church has a mission for this region. God's using this church and the plans for this church. Let me tell you something. You want to hook your wagon up here. Hook your wagon up at our Savior's church and the results in your life, the opportunities that will come in your life by saying yes to what God's doing here, it'll be over the top. It'll be over the top. I get to be in a lot of settings like this. I've been in a lot of environments like this. And let me tell you something. God's doing something. How many of you know God's doing something here at this church? Yeah. When you plant yourself in the house of God, the difference in your life is absolutely massive. I want to break it down for you because if you're anything like me, I need it broke down. Break it down so I can swallow it, okay? Help me understand it. If you're taking notes, I want to give you five results of being planted in the house of God that I've seen over the years. Five results of being planted in spiritual family in the local church. Even though in family, sometimes there's things that rub you the wrong way. Anybody got a real family? Anybody in your family ever rubbed you the wrong way? 
even though sometimes in, in spiritual family, there's people that kind of, you know, they're a little bit different than you, you know, and you're looking at, even though sometimes there's some, nah, they're a little weird, come on now. Anybody known any weird people? Yeah, don't point them out, come on, yeah. You're not raising your hand, maybe you're the weird person here, come on, who knows? I mean, you just never know, you never know, you never know. Listen, it's kind of like that, it's a family. Everyone say it's a family. We're not building a social club here at Our Savior's Church. We're building a family. That's what we're building. And it's God's family. I'll tell you, when you decide to, to lock in, I'm not going to divorce my family. I'm here. I'm here. No matter what, the local church, things that happen in your life, unbelievable, over the top. First thing I've noticed, if you're taking notes, number one is this. It builds your beliefs. It builds your beliefs. Being planted in the house of God, saying yes to the local church, builds your beliefs in a world where there's such a deficit of beliefs. I don't know if you have any young people around you right now. You know, I've got three teenagers at home. Pray for me. Come on, somebody. You know, and, and, and my kids are somewhat in a bubble that I created for them, somewhat. But let me tell you something. Even the things that they see, they hear, their friends, their peers, the, the generation that's coming up right now, they don't know what they believe. They're in a world where the classrooms are telling them, telling them he should, you know, what your, what your grandmother said, what your granddaddy said, what your parents have said. You know, that may not be true. You've got to find out your own thing. And, and there is no such thing as absolute truth, which is an absolute statement in and of itself, which has always rubbed me the wrong way. But anyway, let me tell you something. Where do we learn how to believe? Right here. Right here in the local church. It's where you learn how to believe. It's what happens every time you come through the doors here at Our Savior's Church. Every single time pastors get up and speak, every single time you get in a small group, every time you, you come together, there's a sermon, there's a message, there's an event, there's a, there's a moment where you come together and do an outreach to your local community. When you're being the church together, it shapes you. It molds you into who God wants you to be. Every time you plant yourself here, I'm here, I'm showing up, I'm coming. It's another brick on the wall of the fortress that God's building in your life. The wall that, uh, that, that can bring glory to him, not to you, but to him. And you know, my beliefs today, they're beliefs that I can pass down to my next generation, my next generation in my life. How many of you know, you've all got people that you have influence over, you know? You've got different people you can influence. I've got different people I can influence. They've got children, spiritual kids, and physical kids that I can pass that, hey, here's what the word says. Here's what the Bible says. This is who you are. Let me show you what God says about you. Do you know how much he loves you? Do you know how much he cares for you? doesn't matter what your teachers are saying. It doesn't matter what she said. Let me show you what God says, right? And I pass that down to the next generation. How many of you know that faith comes from hearing. hearing? Hearing. Let me ask you a question. How much are you telling the people that are around you? What are they hearing from you? Are they hearing things that will build their faith? Or are they hearing things that will cause them to go, I don't know whether I want to be a part of that. I don't want to be a part of that. You know, General Booth was the founder of the Salvation Army. And he's, one of his famous quotes is this. You know, the Christian army is the only army in the world that shoots its wounded. You know, and I've been around church world for a long time. And I've seen a lot of backstabbing, backbiting in the local church. And let me just tell you something. I don't want anything to do with it because it doesn't look like Jesus. 
you know, it doesn't sound like Jesus, smell like Jesus, look like Jesus. In fact, at Grace Creek, day one, if you say, I want to be a part of this church, we talk about that right up front. We're not going to gossip. We're not going to backbite. We're not going to fight because we're, we're going to look like Jesus, right? Let's be a church that looks like Jesus, sounds like Jesus. Let's speak words of life to one another. Let's build each other's faith up. Faith comes from hearing, hearing the word of God. It's what happens every time you come together. Number two, second thing, the local church gives you a place to belong. You know, so many people that I know, they don't know where to belong. They're all look, people out there, they're looking to belong to something. Let me be a part of something. Let me be a part of something bigger than myself. And some of you here tonight, you just don't have a sense of belonging. Some of you do. Some of you know, this is my home. This is my home. These are my people. This is my tribe. You know what I'm talking about? But there may be some of you in here tonight, you're like, man, I'm, I want that. I want that. I just don't know how to get it. Let me tell you something. You can find it here. You can find it here. Maybe something's happened in your life that's, that's kind of knocked you off track just a little bit in relationships. Has anybody ever had any relationship challenges ever? Yeah, come on, all of us. All, some of you got two hands up. Come on, I love it. Yeah, all of us. Maybe something happened in your natural family. Maybe something happened at, at school, on the campus, or at work. Maybe, maybe you've had a, a, a loved one that really, you know, just kind of did something they shouldn't have done that's kind of just set you off. And it's just like, man, I just, I, I want to belong to something. I want to be a part of something. But I, I've tried this thing and I, I'm hurt on the inside and I don't feel like I belong to anything at all. Let me tell you something. You can and you will find it in the house of God. If you give it a shot, if you give it a chance and you say, you know what? It's not about me. That's a tough thing to say, isn't it? It's not about me. What if you came into a place like this and said, okay, God, whatever you want to do in me, whatever you want to do through me, I'm here. I'm here. God, I've, I, you know I've got broken spots. You know I've got wounded areas of my soul, but I give them to you. I'm not here to, to receive. I'm here to give. Let me tell you something. It's an interesting way to look at things, but let me tell you, it'll change your life. It'll change your life. Some of you are like, well, pastor, can I believe without belonging? Yeah, you can. You probably won't for long, though. Probably won't for long. You know, it's hard to believe and not belong to a people of faith, a people of God that come together and say, you know what? I'm with you. Man, I'm pray- I, I, I was in the car with your pastor this afternoon, and I'm here having a conversation with someone. Without notice, he just breaks into prayer for the person. <laughs> I love that. I love that. What if you were a part of something that was just like, let me pray for you. Let me stand with you. Let me walk with you. Let me, let me hold you up. Let me walk with you through this journey. I tell you what, I wouldn't do it by myself. There's absolutely no way. You couldn't pay me enough money to walk this life out by myself. Yet so many people today do. There's so much that comes against us in this world. Are you guys living in the same world that I live in? So much coming together. When we're floating around, here's what I've noticed. When we float around without putting any roots down, we just never bear fruit in our lives. We never bear anything good at all. And we have a generation right now of church hoppers or church shoppers, whatever you want to call them. Well, I like the music at that church. And well, I like the children's ministry there. And I don't like his preaching anyway. So I'm going to go over here for this. And let me tell you something. That's not the way to do this. If you want to grow, if you don't want to grow, then you can carry on doing that. That's fine. If you want to grow, spiritually speaking, if you want to look more like Jesus and less like yourself, you should plant yourself in the house of God. 
Plant yourself. I'm here. Good, bad, ugly. I'm here. This is where God has planted me. We either believe God plants us and connects us or we don't. I believe God ties us together. Your destiny is tied to your relationships. I believe that. I know your pastors. They believe that as well. You find a sense of belonging in the house of God. All right, number three, let's keep going. Number three, it helps you to become all that God wants you to be. Gosh, it helps you. The local church helps you to be everything that God wants you to be. You might look at your pastors and go, well, it's different for them. You know, they're pastors like they're different than you or something, you know, like they were raised by little spiritual ninjas or Jedis or something. <laughs> Let me tell you something. We were raised just like you were raised. I was raised just like you were raised, you know, and you know where I've learned how to be who I am today? In the local church. That's where I've learned it. I've learned it by getting up next to people, letting people rub me the wrong way, Pastor, a little bit, letting people look at me and go, you are arrogant. Well, that's not very Christian. How many of you know when you get close to relationships, you get close to people, things start rubbing the wrong way just a little bit. I love it. I love it. I love it because it's God changing us and shaping us. Because if I was all out there by myself, I can do whatever I want, say whatever I want, look like whatever I want, dress like whatever I want. Let me tell you something. We're better together. We are better together. I think it's a picture of heaven. Let me tell you, if you don't like people, you might want to reevaluate your soul a little bit. Because God likes people. Do you know that? God loves people. You don't like people, you might not want to go to heaven. I'm serious. There's going to be a lot of people there. There's going to be a lot of people there. Some of you are like, I can't believe he just said that. It's true. Pastor, am I telling the truth? No, come on. Come on, somebody. <laughs> In the local church, I learned how to behave. I learned how to act right. I learned how to court my wife. Not just date girl after girl after girl. Learn how to be a dad by watching my own dad and watching other men of God raise their kids and, and, and their wives and their families. And learn how to be a servant. Learn how to be a giver. Learn how to see the best in other people and help them to be it. Not just all about me all the time. And I've learned it all in the context of the local church, the family of God. And I just want to tell you again, right here in our Savior's church, Jennings, Louisiana, you can be everything that God wants you to be. The enemy will come into your heart, into your life, and say, you know what, man, they're holding you back. Man, they're just, it's all about them and what they're building. And you need to go out here and you just need to, let me tell you something. You don't need to go out and build your own thing. You need to hook up with what God's building. God's using the local church. It is the hope of the world. Hook yourself up to it. Get connected to it. Build something together. Get connected here. Get on the next step program if you've not done it. Find out where can I serve here. Pastor Josh, where can I be of service at this church? Pastor Bubba, where can, I, where do you, where can you plug me in? I want to get off the bench. I want to get on the field. It's amazing what happens when you get next to people that are a little bit further down the road than you are. People that actually have some victory in their walk. People that actually have been winning in certain areas of their life. Get up next to them. Let me tell you something. That'll get on you. That victory will get on you. That winning spirit will get on you because our God is a God of excellence. Amen? And it'll get upon you if you get next to people like that. People that are just a little bit further than you maybe. Get next to them. Hey, help me to be a dad. Hey, how do I manage my finances? Hey, help me love my wife. Help me. I'm talking as a guy because I am one. You you girls can do it too, right? 
but help me. Help me to grow. Does anybody want to grow? You know, I've, I've figured that out. A lot of people, for the most part, want to grow. They want to get better. They want to be more like Jesus and less like themselves. I believe some of you tonight, this is going to be a wake-up call for you. Get next to someone that's further down the road. Let your pride get down a little bit. Get next to someone and say, teach me. That's what discipleship is. Teach me. Teach me. Read, read the New Testament. It's all the way through it. Teach me. I'm going to do this. You watch me. You go do it. <laughs> that's it. Get next to someone that you see that's winning. Get next to someone that you see has got, man, I've got a, they've got a good marriage. I want my marriage to be like that. Get next to them. Get next to them. Tell them that what you see. Hey, can you help me and my wife? Can you help me raise my kids? Can you show me how to run my, my finances that would glorify God and be able to help build what God's building? Come on, somebody. See what you guys are building next door, by the way. Come on. It's exciting. It's exciting. Needs the church to get that thing finished. Come on. Get that thing finished. That won't be the last building you're building. Come on. It's good. There's, there's uh, fields and pastures out here, houses that need to sell. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Come on. God's got plans. How many of you know it's true? It's true. Here's the fourth thing. Being planted in the house of God, it teaches, I, I kind of touched on this a second ago, it teaches us how to behave. It teaches us how to behave. Because how many of you know, naturally speaking, we don't act like Jesus? Anybody got children? that naturally act like Jesus. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I'm telling you. What's the first word a kid learns? No. no. <laughs> and then the second one is mine, <laughs> right? It's just bound up in our hearts, okay? We're not naturally like Jesus. Man, and I know down here in South Louisiana, there's got to be some of you that haven't always behaved. Come on, somebody. Come on. I know it's true. I know it's true. Where do we learn how to be more like Christ? By getting next to people. By watching Man, I see pastor's life, I see their house, see their marriage, see their way. Man, I, man, mine doesn't look like that. Okay, God, what do I need to do? Man, I want to look like that. Okay, get up in the Word of God, get in the house of God. That's where I've learned it, right here in the house of God, in, in my world. In the house of God, I've learned how to be who God wants me to be. By myself, I implode. Same for you probably, too, if we're being honest. I need men of God in my life. I need, my wife needs women of God in her life that love us enough to say, that's not right. Hey, you don't smell like Jesus when you do that. You don't sound like him. Come on, somebody. Are you guys with me? If I didn't have people like that in my life, I don't know where I'd be today. I really don't. I really don't. I have, my wife calls them anchors. I have anchors Men of God in my life that hold me in position. And I'm so, so, so grateful for it. I'm accountable to those guys. My wife's got women of God in her life that she's accountable to. And you know what? The, the, your natural mind is, well, that's kind of restraining and holding you back. That's the devil speaking. Actually, it propels you forward. That's the truth. Because they hold me on the lane that God's called me to run in. How many of you know when you get in somebody else's lane, you start tripping other people up? Yeah. It's the truth. My son's just doing track right now, and it's been like, stay in your lane, son. Stay in your lane, son. Stay in your lane. Don't get, ah, oh, man, you got off your lane. You got in somebody else's lane. Then people have to move, and this, that, and the other. You get disqualified. Now, thank God we don't get disqualified in our faith when we get out of our lane. Praise God, right? Yeah. But stay in your lane. Where do you learn that? Right here. Right here in the house of God. You know, when I was... In uh, Bible school, I was, I was young, 
and incredibly arrogant. <laughs> I was a musician, wannabe rock star, and I'm telling someone said, oh gosh, it's true. It was bad. It was. It was really bad. Let me tell you something. That's been grated off of me in the house of God. How many of you ever grated some cheese in the kitchen? You ever caught your knuckles on it? Man, it hurts, doesn't it? Let me tell you something. It hurts in the house of God too. When God grates the corners off your life, sometimes he uses people to do that. In fact, most of the time he uses people to do that. How many of you know God himself doesn't step down and go, you sure don't look like me right now. No, he uses who? People. He uses me and you to help each other look more and more like him. And again, I've learned it right here. I had a temper. I had a bad attitude. I was so sarcastic in my younger years. And I've learned how to behave in the house of God. Man, you don't sound like Jesus when you talk like that. You don't look like Jesus when you talk like that. It's not how you operate. Followers of Jesus don't do that. How many of you know about myself? I don't know it. But when somebody else that's walking the journey with me, they're running in their lane, and I've cooked up next to them, and I'm walking together, we're planted together, all of a sudden, God speaks through them. God speaks through them. The presence of God, getting in his word, getting in the local church, in the worship environments. How many of you love worship? Yeah, man, you start to feel the presence of God. You know, some of you are like, man, I like going to our saviors because they've got good worship and I feel the presence of God there. Let me tell you something. There's nothing special about this room right here. This is just a barn with makeup on it. That's all it is. I've got one too, Pastor. I mean, it's just a big old barn with makeup on it, right? There's nothing special about the room. The presence of God lives in people. And it can go with you. (laughs) It can go home with you. I wish I could experience that in my living room. Guess what? You can! You can experience it in your car. Keep your eyes on the road and keep focused, right? (laughs) Unless the Holy Spirit's moving in your car, then pull over and let everybody else pass. But let me tell you something. There's nothing special about a room. God goes with you. God goes with you. And when you find yourself in those environments, the Holy Spirit changes you. Changes you. I'm so grateful that he's changed me. And let me share a secret with you. I'm a pastor of of a church, and I still have issues. How many of you know I'm a man? All leadership's flawed at best, at best, because we're human beings. Don't ever put your leaders up on a pedestal. All you're doing is setting them up to fail, right? And I still am growing. I'm still learning how to be a dad. I'm still learning how to be a husband. I'm still learning how to put God first in every area of my life. And you know where I'm learning it? In the local church. In the local church. I'm not done growing. I don't think I'll ever will. I don't ever want to be done growing. I want to keep growing until God takes me home. Or Jesus comes back and says, we're done. We're done. I want to keep growing. If you ever get next to someone that's like, well, you know, I, I just can't, I can't learn there. And, you know, they're just not very deep there. And I just not, I'm not getting fed there. And it's that, let me tell you something. That's, that's a red flag. It should be a red flag. Don't hook up next to people that have that kind of spirit, that kind of attitude. Because it's not true. It's not true. Is this place growing? Yes. Is it, is it doing the kingdom work in this area? Yes. Hook yourself up next to it. Add value to it and watch God change your life. Submit to the process. Make a predetermined decision. I'm going to do whatever God wants me to do. You know, so many people in the local church today, they have their own agenda. I, I challenge you, when you walk through these doors, set that down. Set that down. Here's what I've learned, okay, in in my adult life as a follower of Jesus. The plans that I had 
are minuscule in comparison to what God had for me. Time and time and time and time again, God has proven to me that I dream too small, that my plans are too small, that his way, I can't even tell you how far surpassed mine for me. Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. They're higher than yours. They're different than yours. We should start reading this stuff and applying it to our lives, right? We should start living by this stuff. Number five, let's keep going. Number five, in the local church, you'll get to live a bigger life. I'm better today than I ever would be without the local church. It's the truth. I'm living a bigger life today than I ever thought possible on my own and on my own agenda. My life is so much better. Today, Pastor Bubba, I'm rich today. I'm rich today in relationships, rich today in friendships by being set in the house of God. My life's better because the people God's put next to me in family. How many of you know that to be true in your own life? It's awesome. I mean, where else can you reach the people that you reach together as a church? Where else? I mean, by yourself. You're making such an impact together. You'd never be able to make that impact by yourself. You'd never be able to give what you guys give to the community by yourself. Reach out to the poor by yourself. You'd just never be able to do it. We're better together. When we come together, we share our time, our talents, our treasure, our resources, and we say, you know what? It's not about me and what I'm building. It's about what we're doing together as the kingdom of God. Let's get together. Let's do something together. It's amazing. It's amazing what God can do with a group of people that come together and say, we're all in. We're all in. It's not about me. It's not about my family. It's about this house. It's about what God's doing here. We're so, so much better together. As Christ followers, the impact that we make because of the influence that's loaned to us from God. How many of you know it's not your influence? It's God's. It's God's influence. I've learned all of that in the context of the local church in the context of spiritual family. Your life will be bigger when you plant yourself here. When you say, you know what, it's not about me, it's about everybody. You know, you, because you, when you realize you belong to others, it's not really about you. I'm gonna give my life away. I'm gonna, li- I'm gonna help the people sitting on the road with me at church live a better life. I'm gonna help my pastors accomplish the vision that God's dropped in their soul for this region. I'm gonna, together, we're gonna do something for the glory of God. And I just wanna encourage some of you. I just feel like I'm camping on this for a second for a reason. Maybe there's some of you here tonight, you're just, you're kind of alone, you're kind of isolated. I call it Lone Ranger Christianity. Can I just say something? That's not a biblical model of Christianity. Don't live life alone. Don't live life isolated. Don't do Lone Ranger Christianity. Get together with God's people. Don't get separated. Don't get off on a deserted island all by yourself. Do it together. Set yourself in the local church. Do life God's way. Do life with God's pack. Let me tell you something. Your life will awaken if you do. Your life will turn on if you do. And some of you might be listening and go, well, I don't know. It's risky. Pastor, I've been hurt before. Yeah, welcome to the club. So have we all. Really, I'm not being facetious. We've all been hurt before. We've all been hurt. You know why? Because there's people in the church. And all of us are messed up. All of us have issues. Every single person. Every single person. It's risky. It is risky, but the reward's huge. 
the reward far outweighs the risk. I'm telling you. What do I have to gain from preaching this message to you tonight? Nothing. I have nothing to gain from I'm preaching those as though it was my church. All I have to gain is watching you win. That's it. And that's what I want for you. That's what your pastors want for you. We want more for you than from you. We want to see you grow. We want to see you excel as a follower of Jesus Christ. And I believe it's God's heart for you. It's God's heart. The Bible says the enemy is prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking who he might devour. I don't know if you've ever seen those uh, like safari channel type stuff, you know, where the, the herds kind of move in and there's lions looking around trying to pick something off. Who do they pick off? The ones that are running behind, kind of straggling by themselves. They've broken away from the pack, right? Those are the ones the enemy goes after. It's the same spiritually speaking. If you break off from the pack, you straggle along your own, you're kind of doing your own thing. That's the one the enemy's going to go, ah, I'm going to leave our saviors because they're kind of like, look at this one over here. Let's go get this one. Let's go mess with them for just a second. Pastor, I know it's, it's hard. I've been hurt. Yeah, I've been hurt too. Got a bad taste in my mouth too. Dark side of being connected next to people. Again, the reward's massive. And the enemy would love for you to stay there. He'd love for, for you to stay in that same place. I'm hurt. I, I, I've been disconnected. And I'm going to stay here. And I, you know, I've got no plan. I've got no purpose. And, uh, you know, this, that, and the other. Let me tell you something tonight. Get off the bench. Don't stay in that hole. Get up. Get your feet back on the rock. Get your feet on the firm foundation that is Jesus Christ and watch him do something in you and through you that will shock you. His plans are bigger and better than your plans. Some of you tonight, you might be, you know what, that's, that's me. If you're being honest in your own heart, you might be like, you know what, yeah, I kind of am drifting a little bit. I kind of am just floating, doing my own thing. I, I like this place and I just kind of come in and kind of sneak out at the end and I'm not really connected. I'm kind of, if I'm being honest, Pastor, I am kind of isolated. I'm kind of by myself. But man, I want to change that tonight. I'm hearing what you're saying and I want to just tell me what I need to do. How do I connect to the local church? It's really quite simple. Are you ready? Watch this. It's not very deep at all. Take a step. It's not hard. It's really not. I'm not playing it down. I'm not being facetious. It's really not hard. Just move. Just move from where you are. Make a decision to say, you know what? I'm not staying here anymore. I'm not going to allow the enemy to use me or hold me back from making a difference for Jesus any longer. I'm going to do something. I'm going to get on the dream team here. I'm going to get through the next step program here. I'm going to learn what, where my gifts are, what, what, where my skill set is that can help move this ball down the field. I want to get in a small group. I want to lead a small group. Come on, somebody. When we start living to help others connect with Jesus, it's amazing what God will do in your life. It's amazing. And some of you, you're not even hearing what I'm saying. You don't believe me. Let me tell you something. Again, I've got nothing to gain from telling you that other than seeing our Savior's church win. And I want that. We're praying for that. My staff knows I'm here. They're praying for you right now. You know, we've got a service going on there. And my team's been talking to your team this week. We're praying for what God's doing here. Pastor Jacob's on my board. I'm connected to what God's doing here as well. And I love this church. I love your pastors. And I want to see you win at a whole new level. 
tonight, would you consider if maybe you're feeling isolated, feeling alone, would you consider moving from where you are? Moving from that seat and saying, whatever you want, God. Whatever you want. That's, that's how God moves in my life. When I've said, it's not about me, it's about you. God, whatever you want to do in me, whatever you want to do through me, that's when God starts to move.